Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus, Jesus, 
Just keep playing that worship team. This is the perfect song as we go in just to a time of prayer. Hallelujah. We need to pray for peace. We need to pray that God would intervene in this situation going on in our nation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. As Christians, the greatest weapon and the most powerful defense we have is prayer. Our country needs prayer in a critical way. The enemy wants to come in and bring chaos. The enemy wants to come in and bring division. We as a church do not stand for what has happened in Minnesota. We, we believe... Um, that God is in the preservation of life. And so as a church, we want to pray for the Minneapolis area. We want to pray for all the communities that have uprisings, that have individuals that have come in to bring division, to spew hatred. God has a plan. And we want to be part of that. And so if you would just bow your heads with me and let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have the ability to dispel darkness. That at your light, darkness cannot remain. That at the spoken word of peace, every storm can be stilled. And so today we speak peace over the Minneapolis area. We speak peace over all of the communities that have an uprising... Father, we are not against people that are protesting, but we are against individuals that are rioting, that are creating chaos, that are destroying. Father, as a nation, we want to hear the cry of people as they sense their brokenness, as they sense being alone without someone to defend them in the midst of their situations. And so today we pray for each individual that is sensing, that is feeling fear in the midst of all of the things that are going on, and we pray that you would bring justice and peace. Father, that you would do that which no one else can do. No one individual can accomplish what you can do through your spirit, through your presence. And so today we speak peace over our communities. And as a church, not just Belbrook Community Church, but as churches across this nation today begin to rise up and pray. Father, I believe your word is clear that the prayers of, of righteous men and women will avail much. Father, we pray today for our communities to experience an outpouring of your peace. Bring healing. Bring healing. 
Let's sing this one more time through here.
deep breath and breathe in that peace. Something that I find is uh, all of things about God um, really appeal to the various senses we have from our touch when you are worshiping your, your body can actually feel his presence there's a sweetness to the smell there's a cleansing to the breath As we worship God in fullness, our entire being is able to enter in and experience God in deeper ways. God, you may be seated. Thank you, Lord. We are so glad that you've chosen to worship with us today. Um, we're, we're thankful not only for those that are uh, located here in our sanctuary, but also those that are worshiping, worshiping with us online. So uh, we pray that you experienced an, an, a fresh outpouring of God's presence in your life. Um, Today we are moving down the um, homeward stretch. We're, we're bringing this, this series on one anotherings in for a landing. Um, and I'm excited about that. Praise God. Um, our goal, if everything comes together, is this next week we're going to be able to start um, kids' ministries again. And so uh, after service, if we would be able to have all the different uh, individuals that lead in different types of children's ministry um, be able to just meet with me briefly after service, I just want to make sure we're all moving in the same direction. Everybody has everything they need uh, to feel um, prepared in this moment. Um, I've titled this one uh, a couple different things, uh, Down the Home Stretch, Coming in for a Landing. Um, we can never fully finish these um, one anotherings. You know, even, as, even if we started over at the very beginning, um, we would learn something new about each one of these different pieces. Um, building off of what I shared last week regarding fellowship, fellowship is so tied to all these different pieces. Um, each of us has been given a spiritual gift, a specific gift. And, and that's a, a message for another day to really go through all the different spiritual gifts that are available. But the thing that brings a richness and a fullness to the experience that we have in the body of Christ is when each individual begins to utilize their giftings. For instance... Um, 
Tristan had been attending the church for a little while, and then he, uh, he took the next step and he started playing uh, guitar up here. He actually started playing bass, transitioned over to guitar, and then today he's you know, leading uh, out on songs and using his gifts in singing. And we're so thankful that Tristan has, has stepped into using his gifts. Now, what benefit of it is Tristan if Tristan has all these gifts and he never does anything? He may experience, he may be able to use those in a, in a private nature at home, being able to sing and play his guitar and, and, and find some benefit there. But the reality is we would be no richer for it. See, it's, it's not just about money that brings richness. It's about uh, men and women using their gifts, whether they be young or old, to enrich the body of Christ and, and use the spiritual gifts that God has given them. And that's one of the things that I want to encourage each one of you. If you're not serving in some area, that you begin to investigate, that you begin to... Um, look into these different spiritual gift tests that are, we can give you some, there's various tests that will really refine your look. Um, they give you the ability to look into specific areas. For instance, Pastor Nancy has been running this switcher app that we use for um, uh, live streaming our services, and, and she's really grown in this. Um, but we're, we're looking for other individuals that you know, are not afraid of technology. How many out there are afraid of technology? All right, there's a few of you. See, you're not the ones really that we want you necessarily to try to jump on this. Because if you're afraid to do something, it's going to be hard for you to, to do this. But those of you, listen, we made, we made mistakes a lot over the last, you know, 10 weeks that we've learned this program's. Sometimes the whole program went offline and you guys didn't get to see it when we were only live streaming. And you know what? We go on. We, we, make, we, we learn from the mistakes and we've tried to make it better as we go. And when you step into it, I don't want you to approach it with a fear that you're going to make mistakes. Listen, they're probably going to happen. Mistakes happen. If, if you're not making mistakes, you're typically not trying something beyond, you know, causing you to grow. When you, and any time you take on something that is going to make you grow, it's going to challenge you, and you're going to make some mistakes along the way, but you learn from it. That's the goal. So we want you to experience this new areas. If you're, if you're willing to step in, we want to train you on it. Uh, next Sunday, if you want to come out, about 9.45-ish, Pastor Nancy will walk you through how we set up the cameras um, how we run the program, and uh, then you can actually stay over there with her during service and be able to see how she does it. It's, it's really the program does most of the work. Praise God that you just get to sit there and, and, and touch different uh, areas on the screen, and then it does everything else. So we, we've got this down, but we want you to start using some of your skills in this area. And so if that's where you're willing to serve. But see, that's really what brings a richness and a fullness to fellowship in the body of Christ is when we each begin to use our gift sets, our skills, to enhance the body of Christ. It's like a, a good cake. How many of you like a good cake? So, now I am not a baker, so if I leave out an ingredient, you just... 
But you need flour, right? You need um, oil, right? What else? Eggs. Sugar. What's that? Milk. See, I told you, I don't make them. Now, I know at the end of it, you need lots of icing. Chocolate icing. Now, somebody, I'm, I'm sure it was none of you, somebody one time fed me a cake that didn't have any icing. It was a no icing cake, supposedly. Now, I, my thing is, if it's going to be labeled cake, it should have icing. But you know all these ingredients. Now, have, have any of you ever been cooking, baking, and left an ingredient out, an important ingredient? Did it mess up the cake, the item you were cooking? See, imagine what you do to the body of Christ when you leave your gifts at home. Imagine what you do to the body of Christ when you withhold that gifting that God has given you for the benefit of the body of Christ when you say, you know, this is just for me. I'm going to keep it to myself. Then what you do is you take that, that specific ingredient that you bring to make us a full rich cake. Lots of chocolate icing. You, you, you take that out of it and, and we are not better for it. So I want you to understand that God wants you to enrich the fellowship that we are experiencing here at Bellbrook Community Church. And this summer, there's a lot of things that have been canceled around the area. We're going to have some fellowship time outside. Um, Seth and Missa are going to host our first one. Uh, we'll have a date soon on that. Um, but we're going to have some very pointed fellowship time to get us together because we know that God wants us to be together. God wants us to experience um, church together. Not just church, but life together. And so I want you to be paying attention to your calendars on this. Listen to what Romans 12, 4 through 6 tells us. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. And so this, this passage is one of the passage, passages in the Scripture that really illustrates that we have specific gifts that have been given to enhance. That's what we want you to do. See, what I'm telling you is not something that Pastor Ralph is coming up with. It, it's what God came up with. God created a system that when it is, it is being utilized properly, we begin to feel the total enhancement of all the, the gifts flowing together. So, get ready to use your gifts. So now let's go into this. this. Today I'm going to cover four. Last week I covered one. Today you're going to get four as I land this. And really there is a, um, there is a, um, a cohesiveness to eat these four. They, they really link together. Number one, uh, 21 in our series is found in 1 Peter 4.9. It says, offer hospitality to one another graciously. The verse is very simple. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. 
Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. To be hospitable means to be generous to guests. To, to be hospitable means to be generous to guests. In the New Testament, the Greek word translated hospitable, hospitality literally means love of strangers. So when God is telling us to be hospitable, he is saying, listen, we need to have a love of strangers. We need to have a love that is welcoming, that is inviting, that is um, in, embracing people regardless of whether or not we lo- know them. I love hearing children in church. <laughs> you just go, Luke. You're going to be a preacher. I know. Praise God. Hospitality is a virtue that is both commanded and commended throughout Scripture. It is both commanded and commended. There is this calling, there is this need that each one of us have from God's Word that God is saying, listen, you are to be hospitable to someone. How many of you have ever gone to a home and you knew that they had the gift of hospitality? Valeria Haney, um, she works most Sundays um, as, a, as a nurse, and so she's unable to be with us. But she has a real gift of hospitality. Um, when you go into your ha- her house, she's trying to feed you. She's got all, and you cannot leave her house without eating a ton of food. She has this gift, and she makes you feel like you are special. See, that's a gift. That's what hospitality is. Hospitality is about making someone feel like you were planning for them to be there and they are the most important person in the world. Now, some of you, I've been in your house and you're that way as well. But how many of you have ever been in a home that did not practice hospitality and you felt like you were a disturbance in the force? Um, That is not what this is speaking to. Hospitality talks about loving people, and it is a commandment, and we are commended. There are benefits that come when we walk this out in our lives. Now, in the Old Testament, it was specifically commanded by God, when an alien lives with you in your land, do not mistreat them. The alien living with you must be treated as one of your native born. Love him as yourself. This is found in Leviticus 19, 33 and 34. So in the Old Testament, it really looked at embracing individuals that were alien to your territory and make them feel like they were native born. And these are commands that God gives us in his word for how we should operate within the body of Christ. With this understanding of what hospitality, this call to make people feel connected, to make people feel wanted, to make people feel important. You don't have to raise your hand here, but how many of you would say that I have been exercising hospitality in my home? Have you made the stranger feel welcome? Have you made the alien feel at home? 
The question is, are you aligning to God's standard of being generous towards those whom God may send your way? I, I love that um, uh, David was um, one of the young men that's been coming here, um, was a former student of David's, and he invited him to church, and, he, and he's been coming to church regularly. And he has, he has sensed and he has felt uh, this hospitality in the body of Christ, this, this generous, this connection. And it has been wonderful to experience. But see, anytime someone comes and is, part, is visiting with us, they need to have this, this feeling, this awareness that, that we want them to be here. Now, I have been in some churches that when I visited, I did not feel wanted. I felt my presence was more of a, a distraction. And... And I left there not having been greeted with any open arms or welcome. Now that is not how God wants us to live. And so I want to encourage you to make sure that when people are coming into this building or when you run into them in the street or in the store, that you have this generous generosity, this, this gracious greeting about you that welcomes them. See, God expects us to share out of a generous heart. To, scripture says, to who has been given much, much is required. You know, when you've been given much grace, much grace is required. Much mercy, much mercy. When God has blessed you and taken care of you, God wants you to be generous. Now here's the kicker as we bring this passage here down to a conclusion. God wants us to do this without grumbling, murmuring, or muttering. Can someone tell me what muttering means? I know there's probably several parents that could tell me. Huh? Whining, it actually is... It is that... It is that conversation that you just mumble and you hope nobody hears you. When, as you're walking away, trying to be obedient, you just start mumbling to yourself. No, you're not really speaking to someone. You're, you're just you're spewing this stuff out in a low way because you know that if you said it much louder, you'd get in trouble. Huh? It is not positive. And God's saying, listen, I want you to be gracious and hospitable without mumbling, without grumbling. We should never whine and complain about the opportunity to host somebody. We should, be, we should consider it a gift that we have the opportunity to bless people with what we've been blessed. For them to be able to see what goes on in our families. Now, that means you have to enjoy what goes on in your families. Because let me just tell you, you can't put it on <laughs> just because someone shows up. Because they're going to see. <laughs> you know, they're going to see the disagreements. They're going to see the unhappy faces. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna know. That means there needs to be something that begins to happen in your home life that begins to bring about a positive and encouraging lifestyle. 
I pray that in this stay-at-home order that we had this, you know, over this last couple of months, that you learn to enjoy your family anew again. And if you haven't, come to me and I'm going to give you some good counsel. Because God wants you to love your family first. Scripture is very clear that, that there needs to be an established relationship with God that is first exampled, uh, mod- modeled in our home life. So what you do at home is really what everything else begins to expand out and, and touch. And so I want to encourage you, love people at home first. And then it's going to be easier to, easier to love people in your community, in your church. So God wants you to do this without grumbling. This is no easy task, and I am sure all of us have fallen short to this at different times. But God does not relieve us of the responsibility that we do this well. And so I want to encourage you, work on, on your skill sets of hospitality, that God is calling you to do this with a gracious heart, without whining, complaining, mumbling, grumbling. How many of you have ever had a, growing up, had a secret handshake? Anybody? You know, um, I remember going to camp years ago and people would come up and you'd have these friends that they'd come together and they, you know, all this, you know, all this stuff with their hands together. And I, and I had no idea what in the world they were doing. Now it was a secret handshake just between them. They had created that. Do you realize that God has a secret handshake? How many of you understand God has a secret handshake? Nobody here. You know what? You've, you've missed this one anothering skill. And I'm just going to tell you right now, it's going to be a challenge. But let's look at it. <laughs> 1 Peter 5.14 says, greet one another with a holy kiss. <laughs> wow, you know. The verse actually states it like this. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. See, God's secret handshake is a holy kiss. Now, I have, I have encountered people throughout my, my ministry life that they actually practice this. I, I remember, now you've got to understand, I grew up in a farming community uh, and where there was a definite divisive line between what men did and what men didn't do. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and then I got saved, and I was at a, uh, I was visiting someone, and this guy bent forward and kissed me on the cheek, and I'm thinking, what is going on here? Now, at this point in life, I was not educated in the finer arts of Christianity. <laughs> and, uh, and this, I pushed back immediately. <laughs> it was like, whoa, let's back off here just a little bit. I don't know who you are, and that's not acceptable in my world. And it's because we have set these, these boundaries, these walls up that keep people at arm's distance. Now let me just tell you, and it's this, this kiss that is given is not one of, a, of, of, of love in a relationship, but it is one of a, of a greeting one another, of welcoming them, of making them feel 
the connection there as being part of the body of Christ. For us today, it's, it's, it probably extends beyond a simple handshake to a, a, a hug. I, I am not expecting us to move back to the holy kiss. Um, but, but I'm telling you in the church, men hug each other. Yeah, you know, it's just we do. And now I'll tell you, when I was growing up, that was still, no, men didn't do that. I, I, I cannot tell you throughout my growing up years um, of me even hugging my dad. That just didn't happen. That was not part of what we really were about. Now, my dad didn't have a, a Christian background. He grew up in a very hard lifestyle. And so we, we grew up with this distance, this divisiveness between us, really. And, and when I came into the church, that's one of the practices that I learned was that God wants us to, to greet one another in, in a certain way to make us feel connected. Um, and, and the hug, you know, really in the body of Christ. You know, and there are going to be some that are going to, you know, go to this holy kiss thing and, hey, you, you, do, you obey the Spirit of God. I'm going to hug your brother. Is that okay? Because <laughs> a holy kiss means a reception of love. That's your, your feeling on that if you're there. But uh, it's really, and that's what my hug does for you. It's going to say, listen, I love you, brother. I'm good with a hug. You know, you can, you can even hit me in the arm. You know, hey, love you, brother. Fist bump, all those things. That, you know, but there is this connection that happens. Our final two tasks, our final two one-anotherings, really highlight more of, of really where we've been, and, and really this one's, next one is this word that we've already been focusing on. It's number 23 is... 1 John 1, 7, it says, fellowship with one another. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I, I love reading this, that when we walk in the light, he is the light, we have fellowship with one another. When we walk in relationship with Jesus, he is the light. We're walking in the light, and Two people that have Jesus as the light come together and there is a fellowship. There is a spiritual event that takes place when the body of Christ comes together and they allow their relationship with God to be the reason why they're gathering. Fellowship we talked about last week, koinonia. It is this, it is this gathering together for the purpose of sharing our lives, our experiences. Yesterday we were working at uh, Kevin and Jamie's house building a playset. Whoever writes these instructions should should go back to school on a few areas. I'm just saying. You know, we we deter <laughs> we didn't I determined at the beginning. I said, we're gonna build this without error. That happened. 15 minutes into our first project, um, we had our first error. And, uh, 
Praise God for Seth's chainsaw and um, several drills. Um, hey, this swing set will come together. It may not look as intended on the picture. But pictures are just an example, right? Uh, so, no, it's really, we did not butcher this thing. But, but, <laughs> but it was a challenge. Um, and so we had, you know, we, but we had a lot of laughter. There was fellowship. There was koinonia. Uh, there was the sharing of life. Stories were being shared. Life was being shared. And we were enriched because we did it together. You know, and then Tabby and I went out to JP's and we're helping him um, uh, put fence posts in the ground, which is, I am so glad that, you know, we, you know, we didn't have to dig all these holes. Um, although I did, you know, give JP the opportunity to use the post hole digger when we had to, because um, he's younger. <laughs> but again, that's, we had laughter. Even laboring in the sun... You know, we had a lot of fun. See, that's when, when the body of Christ comes together for projects, you can enjoy your time together. There's, there's fellowship. There's koinonia. See, that's what God wants us to do because it, is, it en enriches us. And in this passage, he's talking about when we, when we are in relationship with Jesus, that we have fellowship with one another. And it's in that midst of that fellowship, Scripture says that the blood of Jesus has the opportunity to come in and cleanse us from sin. Have you, have you thought about that? That just because you are walking in obedience to what God has called you to do, that you're having fellowship that there is a cleansing process from the blood of Christ that begins to happen in those present. Jesus begins to do something in our lives. And, and I am so thankful that God is present. God continually commands us to spend time together. You cannot read about the New Testament church without realizing that it's, it speaks that the new, that the believers met in each other's houses daily, that they shared communion together, that they experienced life together. Scripture shared they, that they shared everything in common. They spent time together. And there was growth in the New Testament church. Scripture says that they added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. So if you're adding to your numbers daily those that are being saved, what is happening? You're bringing non-believers to your fellowship events, to your gatherings. And they're experiencing an outpouring of God's presence, and they're getting saved. So if we want to add to our, our numbers then we need to be willing to invite people that we come in contact with into our homes for them to experience the presence of God in powerful ways because there's going to be a group of us gathered there and God is going to reach them. See, God is about relationships. It's like I shared earlier. God is not interested in you having a gift and keeping it to yourself. God did not give you a gift just for you. 
Now, I am a gift giver. My family knows this. I love buying gifts. I have to set dollar limits for all my kids and grandkids. Because otherwise, I just, every time I'm out shopping, would buy gifts. Is there anybody else like that? Kevin, all right. Tabak. I love buying gifts. But how good would it be if I bought all these gifts and kept them? I bought them for people, but I kept them in my own room. Wrapped them up, never used them, never got them out. How fun would that be for those people? I could tell them, you know what, I had these great gifts for you. They're, they're, They're in my room. You can't have them. But I have these gifts. See, just as, as silly as that would be, how silly is it God has blessed us with so many gifts and yet we keep it together. And see, when we begin to exercise fellowship is what we begin to do is, is take these gifts. Because some of you may be afraid to get up in front of a group of people and start talking, but when you begin to connect with people in a personal, in a private setting in your home, there's a new level of freedom. And so then you're able to use, begin to use your gift in the areas that God has made you comfortable and then expand into areas where God has not made you very comfortable in church. You know what? God really is, is not interested in you being comfortable the rest of your life. Now, I love air conditioning. Amen. But... I have been in homes and in church when air conditioning wasn't working. And you start sweating when you walked in. I've been visiting with people where it was so hot in their room, their house, and I'm thinking, I'm going to burst into flames. Now, you may not have ever felt that way, but I did. And then I became thankful that I had air conditioning in my car. I remember... I remember a time when air conditioning went out in my house and I went driving more because <laughs> I had air conditioning in my car. I lived out of my car. But I love comfort. But God is not wanting us to live a life just about comfort all the time. Let me just tell you, you need, sometimes you need someone to kick you out of the nest. Someone that just calls you out of the, out of the, you know, on the spur of the moment and says, hey, um, uh, we're coming over to see you. We just missed you. I've done that to people before. I just show up at their house. It's okay. They, they, they still love me. <laughs> we fall short of God's desire for fellowship when we forsake spending time together. We fall short of it. God has a desired goal, and if we don't do it, we fall short when we forsake spending time together, when we limit our involvement with believers. See, when, and we've commented about this before, when we enter into fellowship as God intended, there is a spiritual experience that will happen. Our final command really brings us full circle it's 1 John 3.11. says, love one another. 
This is the message we've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. This love is about agape love. I, we, we could go through a breakdown. There are various types of love mentioned in the Scriptures. And sometimes when you read love, um, it's a, a brotherly kind of love. And there's other kinds of loves that are mentioned. There's love between a husband and wife. And agape love is, is really the kind of love that Jesus has for us. And, and when he is speaking of love here, the word is agape that he is dealing with. And this, it is a love of preferring one another. This type of love seeks to welcome people. And that's where I said this ties everything together. This, this is why you can truly be hospitable the way God has called us to because you love, you have agape love for people. It is about loving dearly. It is about loving one another the way the Lord loves us. Now, I'm sure if we were to take the next 30 minutes and give you opportunity, some of you could come up here and share with us how God loves you uniquely that you know that this is between you and God. Very special. It, it's like the love that... Um, parents have for children. How many of you know that, I don't care who you are, no parent loves every child the same? Doesn't happen. Tori Beth, I love her to death. She is a cuddly teddy bear. And for her, love is about going out and getting a cup of coffee or going to a movie. That's love. It, it's, it's, it's speaking her language. You know, for Matthew... Matthew loves spending time together, and it can be doing anything as long as you're hanging out together, and, it, and it's even better when it has food. You know? Tabby, not, I mean, she loves to cook, but, you know, she eats a lot healthier than we do, but she loves, you know, for her, you know, love is about doing, you know, outdoor activities. It, it could be going out and hanging out at the, you know, reserve somewhere or going hiking or something like that. You know, for Tabby, that would be, hey, you're speaking my language. Let's go out and do something. It would not be sitting in front of a TV for long hours of time together as a family, typically. That's not, that's not her language. Um, everybody, my kids each have a, a different language. You know, for Tia... Sitting in the air conditioning right now. That's, that's her love language, you know. Making, I, have a, I have one of those apps on my phone that I can change the temperature in the house. And every once in a while I go in there and just play with it just to torture her. Um, of course, then she knows and she'll yell at me because, you know, the air conditioner shut off. But I do it because I love her. But God knows your love language. And you should be so tied into God that you know what touches his heart. And if you know what touches his heart, you're willing to do that to touch the heart of someone else that God sends your way. And so I want to encourage you, church, that as we bring this to a conclusion, really at all bases, it comes down to the ability that we have to love. Because you can't do any of these things without love. We need, we need the love of God 
manifested in our lives that truly allow us to love people the way he needs it. And so I want to encourage you. Next week, we're going to have, we're start, uh, probably won't start a different series next week. I've got a couple other things that are going on there uh, in my head that I, you know, feel like God's wanting to do. Um, we're we're going to be preparing for going through a series on the uh, Beatitudes this summer. Because I believe that God is working on transformation inside of us. Um, but I just want to encourage you all that God wants you to one another. To love people sincerely. To love people out of a genuine, gracious heart. Um, listen. God wants you to invite people into your home. Uh, I'm going to brag on Missa and Seth. You know, they have, they have probably have done this better than uh, anybody that I've seen in, in recent years. They have been so intentional about bringing people over to their home and just loving on people. Uh, I've seen them do it. I, I'm not doing this to puff them up. I'm just saying, listen, they made a conscious decision to love people. And they just began to invite people over and spend time with them. See, that's what it's about. Some of you, you just get so hung up that you want to you have the perfect environment, perfect event. Listen, people need time with you. That's what they need. You are special. You are unique. You have something that God wants to uh, bless someone else with. And so I'm just going to encourage you. Learn to apply these different one anothering principles, skill sets. Hug people. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, hug people, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna fulfill the you're gonna fill somebody's tank up because they're gonna say, man, I'm important to them. Spend time with people, fellowship with them. Have that, that connection with people where they just enjoy spending time with you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us these one anothering principles, these one anothering commands that give us the ability to connect with people in a very special way. And I pray that you would help us to, to do this better that we would make the richest, fullest cake possible. Father, that invites everyone to enjoy the fullness that you have. And so I just pray your blessing on each one as we take these skill sets, these commands, and begin to apply them into our lives. We just thank you. We ask for this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. This time we're going to wait upon you for our morning tithes and offering. Oh, I'm so excited. We have Miss True helping us as an usher today. I love it when our kids serve, you know, until I called her out and then threw her off there. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we have the opportunity to give. We pray your blessing on this offering, that it would be multiplied, meet the, the continued needs of uh, the church, helping us to reach our communities. 
um, fulfill the things that, Father, we've set out to do. And uh, we just pray your blessing on these things. We ask for this in your name. Amen. God bless you. We want to invite you out. Um, Come out and experience our uh, kids' ministries again. Come out and uh, uh, be part of what God's doing here. And uh, please do continue to lift up our communities in prayer as the enemy comes in and wants to bring division uh, and uh, brokenness. Uh, Let's be uh, ones that pray for a source of health and hope in uh, our communities. So thank you very much. God bless you. Love on one another today.